It's time for the PowerMizzou.com podcast with interviews and analysis of your Missouri Tigers. Now, here's your host, Gabe DeArmond. Welcome back to another week of the PowerMizzou.com podcast. Stepping outside a little bit, what we do uh, usually, which is a lot of football and a lot of basketball, but plenty of other things going on at Mizzou. Among them, uh, during the next 20 minutes, we can assure you that Carissa Schweitzer is not winning any races because she's going to be talking to us. One of the uh, most decorated athletes, certainly, in Mizzou history. Carissa, how are you doing today? Thanks. I'm good. How are you? Not too bad. Um, so we just want to start. I mean, I, I could list off like all your accomplishments, but uh, seven SEC titles, five national titles. And I was reading some stories and basically like four or five years ago, nobody, including yourself, really saw all this coming, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. I, I mean, out of high school, you won a state title in, in high school and all that up in Iowa, but out of high school was what was the and I'm not familiar really with track and, and cross country recruiting, but what was that process like? And, and I mean, were there people from all over the country, or is this is this something that you've really just kind of hit your stride in the last two or three years that that you didn't know was there a few years ago? Yeah, uh, coming out of high school, I was definitely looking at a bunch of different colleges, but coming like looking here, they really believed in me, like differently than other colleges did and I was actually looking at some like division two ones too and um smaller colleges but this was like a big college for me and one that I knew was going to challenge me and um I just decided to come here because it just felt like home and it felt like that gut decision um to come here so right when I stepped on campus and in the interest of full disclosure I did read before Mizzou came into the picture that one of the schools on your list was the University of Kansas is that correct <laughs> that is correct. I did not know how big of a rival it was, actually, being from Iowa. But, yeah. yeah. Carissa Mitchell Forty here. Uh, you know, I know you won your first national title in, in 2016, the cross-country season. Uh, you know, just kind of looking back at that race, did you kind of have an idea going in the race that uh, that, that winning a national title would be a possibility? And, and just kind of how did that, you know, kind of affect the trajectory of your career going forward? I mean, if I, like, if you, if I, when I woke up that morning, you told me I'd be a national champion, I probably wouldn't believe you, <laughs> but, um, just, I honestly, like, didn't think about that, but of course, to be able to do it, you have to cross your head at some point, and for me, it was, like, during the race that I kind of just put myself in there, and I knew that I had potential to be in the top five, but, um, during the race, I just kind of, like, really believed in myself, and throughout the race, my confidence just kept growing and growing, and, um, there's actually a point where my coach was just like yelling at me and I couldn't even hear what he was saying. I was just like so zoned into the race. Hey, what you've become known for obviously is this, is this finishing kick coming from, from way back toward the end of, of really long races. Is that, first of all, is that something you've always had? I, I mean, or is that something that, that kind of has developed over the years? No, it's crazy. I've not always had it. Um, Honestly, in high school, I was kind of scared whenever I came to the end of races because I, I often got passed at the end of races because I would just start off so hard and <laughs> then just like slowly be dying towards the end of the race and then people would just fly past me. And I think <laughs> as I come to Mizzou, we've just really been working on like how to relax in the like, beginning of the race, not to go out too hard. <laughs> and try not to lead the whole thing. So, Can you take us through the strategy of that in the course of a race? And obviously it's different whether you're running the mile, the, the 10,000, the 5,000, whatever. But I, 
I think most people who, who don't run or swim or something like that competitively just think, well, I don't know. I just go as fast as I can for as long as I can. But can you take us kind of through your strategy? And, and do you have, you know, kind of, I, I guess, marks where you say, if I'm this close at this point in the race, I'm in really good shape? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's been a process for sure. Because for me, I've always just wanted to try my hardest in every single race. And even at practice, I want to go as hard as I can. But learning how to control and to not really max out all the time in practice and to kind of practice your race strategy throughout even just training. And we've done a really good job of how to kind of slow me down and be able to like, not necessarily go like a slower pace, but just a more like relaxed. So you're not like using up all your energy in the beginning of the race. Chris, I uh, saw something, I believe, on, on Twitter the other day that said you run an average about 75 miles a week. Uh, I know the average <laughs> person cannot really even begin to wrap their head around that, but just kind of take us through a, a typical week of, of training for you, you know, when when you're running, what, what your schedule looks like, and, and how much time that takes. Yeah, um, definitely hitting 75 miles a week takes up a lot of my time, so... <laughs> Um, on Le- Mondays, less usually, than it would our time, but you know. yeah, for sure. Um, but Mondays, it's usually just like an easy recovery day, like eight miles and Tuesday is usually like a, a double. Um, usually I do like a easy effort in the morning and a harder workout in the afternoon. And then Wednesday's like a longer aerobic run and Thursday's another recovery run and Friday, another workout and probably another double with that. And then long run on Sunday. So Saturday, sometimes you actually take a day off? Yeah, actually, um, this Saturday I get to take a day off, so I'm really happy. (laughs) (laughs) Does it take kind of a – do you think there's a mindset of a distance runner? I mean, because I I think a lot of people – like the physical part is hard, but just the mental – okay, I'm just – I'm just going around the track. I'm just doing the same thing again and again. I mean, is there a special mindset to be able to do this? Yeah, I mean, for sure. Just for me, like when I first started, um, honestly, the 5K was really challenging for me mentally and um, having to be able to get down that distance and going through that kind of pain for so long was really challenging. And um, it's really helped that I've been able to kind of take a step back every now and then, like after big races or big meets, um, often just take a day off completely just to kind of reset. I know that uh, you ran your final meet at uh, at Missouri, your final home meet, I think it was about two weeks ago, and you ran the mile, and it was kind of billed as this, uh, you know, big event. Come watch Christopher Swatcher's last home race. She's going to break the mile school record. Uh, was there kind of a lot of pressure on that and, and, you know, it being billed as you possibly breaking the school record in an event that maybe, you know, you haven't spent as much time running as some of the longer events? Yeah, it was a lot of pressure, and I honestly don't like making bold statements like that, like <laughs> where um, there's all that pressure around it, but I knew it was really going to help um, bring people to our home meet, and I really wanted to uh, see how many people we could get out there to honestly help me and help everyone on our team run fast times. At this point for you, is like a, is a mile like hard, like running a mile? Like I know, you know I was a swimmer. I know a lot of the swimmers that, that swam distance events would, would get in and do like the 50, which was one of my races and like emerge not even, not even panting. Is, is that kind of what the mile is like for you? Or is it, is it still like a different kind of challenge? <laughs> it's, it's a different kind of challenge for sure. I mean, 
uh, it always like when I finish, I'm just like, oh my gosh, it's over. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's always just like a different kind of pain because I never really get super comfortable. It's always like, oh my gosh, we're going so fast <laughs> the whole time. What What's your favorite race? I mean, if you're going into a meet and it's like, okay, you can run one, pick one. What What do you like the best? I'd say the 5K, and if you would have asked me that my freshman year, that would have been the last thing I said, but <laughs> I've really come to enjoy it. I know that, obviously, you guys have, have two seasons. I mean, cross-country, and then you do uh, track, which is indoor. What what are the differences for, for people that aren't familiar? I mean, is there is there much difference in those two seasons and the way you run things, or are they pretty similar? Yeah, cross-country and track are very different. I mean, like, just totally different sports and the way we train for them is um pretty different in itself it's just crosses more um just kind of like is maximum effort all the time and you're running like through these courses that have huge hills and um but it's an awesome team of environment too so um i really am gonna miss that part of cross country and then track is just different in itself because you still have that huge team environment and now you're including like the sprints and the jumps and the and you get just kind of a different aspect of everything and get to see everyone's perspective on their um, sport and we all get to come together so uh correct me if i'm wrong but you all have uh you're not done your college career is not over you'll have uh the outdoor sec championships coming up in mid-may and then the uh ncaa championships in early june um do you have an idea yet of what events you'll be running at, at those meets for SECs, I'm going to try to double and do the 1500 and 5K. But um, for regionals and nationals, I am not positive yet. We're still kind of throwing the idea around of doubling. And um, I'll for sure be doing the 5K, but I don't know if I'll do the 1500 or the 10K with it. Wow. Uh, we're talking to Carissa Schweitzer. And it, it's maybe not fair to ask you this with, with a couple of huge meets obviously left in your career. But when you are done at Missouri, is there – is there anything that stands out to you that, that you'll kind of look back on and say more than anything that that's my favorite memory or, or favorite day or whatever? I'm by far, my favorite day has been cross country nationals my junior year, just because we made it as a team and we just had such a good environment around the whole meet. And we had so many people come out and watch and um, I've never had like such an awesome um, environment to run in. So I know uh, once your your college career does come to an end, you're going to to continue running. Uh, what just kind of take us through what the uh, what the plan is for you, and and what the uh, the process to qualify for the Olympics is in in track and field. Uh, I know it's kind of different in in every sport. Just take us through kind of your your plan once you graduate. Yeah, um, I'm hoping to sign with a different like a brand, and then figure out where I want to train and figure out a coach and kind of just set myself up for the next cycle. And that would be um, Olympic trials in two years, I believe. And then um, just hoping that I'm at the best that I can be and healthy mentally and just um, ready to race. And it's top three that make it on to the Olympics. Hey, do you know where the 2020 Olympics are? Um, I do not. Uh, Tokyo, Tokyo, yeah. Oh, Tokyo. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, so for, for professional track, I mean, is it, what is, what is that kind of like? I mean, are there people who, do you get then appearance fees at meets, endorsements, stuff like, is that how that works and people make a, an actual a career out of it? 
yeah, I'm slowly just learning little bits about everything and um, nothing like I've ever imagined. I was just expecting to go through college running and that be it. And it looks like I can actually just um, just eat, run, and sleep <laughs> for the next like 10 years. So I'm excited. What is, um, I, I mean, obviously you want to do that for the next few years, but outside of track, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know what you majored in or what, what kind of are your goals as far as just off the track or, or when that does come to an end? Yeah, um, I graduate with health science this December, and I'm hoping to, throughout the fall, just kind of help out my team. And um, really, I just want to do something around running or something around nutrition and just um, being able to help others and kind of learning that process through running itself. I know, and whether that's specifically coaching or not, but they always say that the people who are really good at a sport, sometimes it's hard to transition to then teaching that sport because, like, would you just find yourself looking at people and go, well, I mean, just go faster. Like, you're not fast enough. You know, I mean, do you think that would be, is coaching and doing that something you want to do? Yeah, um, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm open to a lot of things. I love being around the sport, but for me, like, yeah, it would be hard just for certain aspects, but I've definitely had my struggles and um, not being there and having to work really hard for a long period of time and not achieving success right away is definitely something I've went through and easy to relate to. All right, so last question for you, and I know we don't want to put you on the spot and ask you if you are the uh, the, the best athlete ever to come through Missouri because I know that's an uncomfortable <laughs> question. So instead, I want to ask you kind of during your time at Mizzou or, you know, and I know you didn't grow up a Missouri fan, so you may not may not know some of the history, but, like, who's been your favorite athlete to watch um, outside of yourself, you know, whether it's it's in on your team or in another sport? Yeah, I mean, I'd say we've had so many great athletes just even in my time that I've been here. And it's been really fun to watch, like, Sophie Cunningham and to watch, like, Jaden Cox and just seeing everyone, like, just in the short time period that I'm here achieving so much and representing Mizzou so well. Okay, so last thing for the fans who who are going to want to follow you, uh, I think it's not this coming weekend, but next weekend is SEC Championships and then – I, I mean, the NCAA thing goes on like two weeks. So can you just kind of explain to them where they can, where you're going to be running and how they can follow you? Yeah. Um, my next meet will be SEC's in Knoxville, Tennessee. And then um, two weeks after that will be Sacramento, California. And then hopefully in another two weeks, Eugene, Oregon. All right. Well, Carissa, we really appreciate it. Best of luck over the next couple of weeks. And, and certainly beyond that, I know a lot of people will, uh, We'll be looking forward to maybe seeing a uh, Mizzou Tiger in Tokyo, I guess, uh, which I learned in the last 10 minutes. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> All right. Thanks, thanks a Carissa. lot. Thanks for having me. Have a good day. Carissa, Carissa Schweitzer, um, seriously, like 75 <laughs> miles. How many? How far would you have to go back to say, yeah, I've run 75 miles since this time? Oh, man, I'm not sure. I, I don't actually want to think about that. I mean, I, I think I'm safe saying in the last – I don't know. I probably run 75 miles in like the last six months, yeah, maybe, but know. not in a week. Yeah, I don't know. I might have to go back like a year. <laughs> <laughs> basically, so so basically in the next, you know, month from now till June 1st, Carissa Schweitzer will have run to Kansas City and back. Wow. That sounds terrible. 
Yeah, that doesn't sound super fun, but I mean, <laughs> you know, she's she's good at what she does. But there, it, it is the only sport that's kind of similar is swimming, right. and, and like you said, you were swimming. And I mean, I swam growing up, but mm-hmm. not. I wasn't all that good, but I did it. And I just remember thinking in the middle of practices, like, I've just been staring at this line for yeah. like two and a half hours. I, I don't know how much longer I can do this. Yeah, she touched on it a little bit, how it, 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 those types of sports, for people who haven't done it, that it takes a whole kind of different mentality. You know, uh, a basketball or football player, they do conditioning, you know, maybe maybe in the summer in their off season a little bit. But during their season, it's it's pretty much um, the majority of it is is like skill work. Ours is just it's all conditioning and it's all yeah. just kind of pushing yourself to the highest threshold of pain you can manage, which it it kind of like, yeah, it takes kind of a, a special uh, mindset that you have to kind of grow into. And she does it, obviously, to a greater extent than, than even I did at swimming. So, uh, I, I yeah, I can't quite even imagine, you know, I was more of a sprinter. I can't imagine just swimming. I don't know what the equivalent of 75 miles a week running is, but that much It'd yeah be a lot, a, a lot. <laughs> um so we're obviously not going to uh we're not going to settle this now but uh as far as who's who's the best athlete so let's just do i kind of want to do like the mount rushmore of like the most decorated athletes to me it's carissa schweitzer's on it mm-hmm. Jaden cox is on it i think ben askren's probably on it yeah and then i mean christian cantwell maybe would would be the they're all from, you know, more – it's almost a different deal, an individual mm-hmm. versus a team sport. Yeah. I'll give a shout-out to my boy Fabian Schwingenschlogel, the, uh, oh, yeah. the former swimmer yeah. who won Missouri's first swimming national title a couple of years ago. I don't know that he's – I don't know if he's top five athlete ever, but I think he deserves consideration. But it is – like, it's a lot easier kind of to get, get that kind of recognition as, as a national championship, obviously, in an individual sport. You know, it, it that's – would it would for a uh, football or basketball player to get kind of the same level? It'd be like you got to win the, the Heisman, Heisman or the Naismith Award. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, and I mean, obviously, they're not going to get. It, it just doesn't get quite the attention that some of the that those other two sports get. But I mean, among Mizzou fans, I, she's really become a. I mean, it, it's kind of an event when yeah. she runs now. Yeah, absolutely. I remember had several people talking about going to the baseball game whenever it was that that Friday that she was running and and kind of peering over and watching her run. You know, in the middle of the game, like it's kind of become almost a can't miss occurrence for a lot of fans. No question. So uh, appreciate Carissa taking some time. And again, Knoxville, Tennessee next. I think it's May 11th through 13th mm-hmm. are the SEC championships. And then the NCAA process starts, I believe it was May 24th. Yeah. And that's like regionals. And, and that's and, like to qualify for the NCAA championships, I believe. Yes. And I would imagine, I mean, I'm going to go out on a limb. I have not scouted the field, <laughs> but I am going to go out on a limb and say she will qualify. I, I think that's uh, that's kind of my understanding. She has some NCAA records, so I feel like yes. if she didn't, it would be a bit of an upset. I believe it is uh, officially seven SEC titles, six school records, and five national titles. And obviously chasing another national title, I think she is – I think she, Jaden Cox, and Ben Askren are the only Mizzou athletes to win multiple national championships. Uh, yeah, I believe you're right. So that's good. Um, and, again, appreciate her uh, taking some time. And, mm-hmm. and this is kind of the time of year where we have, have time to look at some other things. I mean, uh, outside of Chris the Schweitzer, uh, I think, Mitch, you said you were going to break down the men's golf regional. Is that going to happen on this podcast? <laughs> oh, man, I'd, I'd have to study up a little bit. Hayden Buckley's really good. That's about all I know, unfortunately. Missouri made it. I, yeah, they I made know it. that. They made um, it. Is they're in the field. So, yeah. uh, But in all seriousness, like, I mean, it's just there's not a lot going on, like, Missouri mm-hmm. might add somebody else to the basketball roster, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't know. 
they need to, mm-hmm. but not just to be not a warm body. Like yeah. you don't tie up and, and people are saying it could Ronnie Suggs get a scholarship if he was a senior. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's why the grad transfer route makes sense because you go get a grad transfer. Hey, if he's no good, it's a year. Like he's off scholarship. It doesn't affect the future, but you know, I know they're checking in on this kid in Florida. Keegan had some information on him on the message board. Um, I, I guess maybe that's a risk that Conzo will deem worth taking. But uh, right now, we're looking at, what, nine guys that are healthy and able to play next year? Right, right. And that's, yeah, for games, yeah. And and like you like you were just saying about the graduate transfers, the, the you know, low risk, high reward as far as not having to sit out a year and, you know, having the scholarships off the books in a year. That's why these guys are so highly demanded and why, you know, Missouri, frankly, struggled to land anyone this year, land one this year, uh, the, you know, the these, these graduate transfers like coming out of you know schools like like Maine have 35 schools knocking at their doors so it's you know uh, I think like you said they they could use another body last year we saw kind of the effects of uh, not having a really deep roster all of a sudden you know you get an injury or two you get a transfer and, and you're you're struggling to uh to you know almost field a <laughs> field a team but yeah. they're not gonna they're not gonna sign like a a kid out of high school or or out of junior college or anything who has multiple years to play just to sign someone it's got to be someone Conzo is willing to you know or willing to have on his roster for multiple years thinks he can he he can contribute to a good team so on the recruiting front obviously you spent last week in Indianapolis Mm -hmm. I assume just watching coaches and agents like hand briefcases <laughs> full of cash to kids. That's, that's what happens exactly, at these that's things, exactly right? Exactly what happened. Yeah, just yeah. Tons of cash everywhere. <laughs> uh, no, it was it was a it was a good experience. Watched like something like thirteen basketball games in forty eight hours, which was a lot. I struggled to really like process what was happening in the games at a certain point, but had a few interesting takeaways talking to some recruits. Uh, one thing that that came up from three or four different guys that. Uh, you know, I kind of knew knew was a case, but but didn't realize how big a deal it was. Was Conzo's uh, Conzo Martin's reputation for getting players to the NBA? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he had Jalen Brown and Ivan Rabb at, at Cal. He had Josh Richardson at Tennessee, and now the Porter brothers this year. Uh, players really pay attention to that. I think I'd, like three or four different recruits talk about his his reputation of, for getting guys to the league and and how that was a, a really big uh, selling point for Missouri. And I'm really kind of torn on that, like. You know, because Kentucky, like, if you go to Kentucky, you're playing in the NBA. Well, mm-hmm. they also recruit kids who are NBA players. Like, right. The best, the best player in NFL history went to Mississippi Valley State. Right. You know, I mean, I've always said, like, if you're good enough, they're going to find you. Now, is it more visible? Is it is the path right. maybe easier with a certain coach or at a certain school? Yeah, but, I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. That is what Conzo should sell. Like, mm-hmm. he should absolutely sell that to people. But, like, the flip side, if you're Barry Odom and maybe you haven't yet proven that you can get guys to the NFL, like, look – if you're good enough, they're going to find you, and we're and our job is to make you good enough. Right, I'm with you. I don't necessarily say that that you know, in in truth, that that Conzo Martin had much to do with Michael Porter Jr. getting to the NBA. <laughs> right, but right. it is certainly a, a really strong selling point for Missouri. Actually, Michael Porter Jr. And, I had like three or four recruits bring him up too about how just the fact that he went to Missouri kind of put put them on their radar a little bit. Like it's just interesting. You you don't think about those things necessarily maybe covering it every day, whereas people like these. You know, recruits from from Georgia or Detroit or whatever who aren't around the program much. That's what they know about Missouri. They know they can put kids in the NBA and they know Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, and and it is why all of it was worth it. Like, those kids Mm -hmm. don't know all the just the madness every day (laughs) and kind of just what what craziness it was but they know that he went here and he's going to hear his name called in the first six seven picks and Mm -hmm. 
And so that's a, a huge selling point. And obviously, Jonte Porter, a, a big selling point too. And then the other thing that kind of happened this week, Robin Pinchton said their sister, uh, Sierra, is considering medical retirement because uh, her knees are just, you know, like the knees of a 40-year-old at this yeah. point. Um, so we could... I think realistically by the start of the 2018-19 school year be in a position where suddenly there are no members of the Porter family at the University of Missouri. Yeah, definitely did not uh, see it see it happening that quickly. Uh you know, obviously never want to hear that a that a player has to medically retire, but uh we we're pretty confident that that Jonte Porter will be gone and that uh, Michael Porter senior will likely follow his sons to the NBA um, and then obviously depending on Sierra's decision that would that would be all of them until possibly some of the younger who knows group come along yes I, I'm sure I the message board will tell us who they are how old they are where they go to school and what their stats are but um <laughs> so we've got all that um just kind of to wrap up I, I remember a year ago at AAU tournaments texting people and saying this is the hardest I've worked in many, many years. It is, uh, it, it's something. Yeah. Yeah. It's a long process. I mean, you got, you know, the, the games are, are very quick. They're about an yeah. hour and a half long. So you watch a game, go interview the kids who finished playing that game, get to another game around halftime, like try to try to observe these guys just rinse and repeat. And there's, you know, so many, so many different, uh, different targets from across the country that, you know, in order to in order to watch everyone, you got to kind of. I mean, like I, I think I watched thirteen basketball games in forty eight hours. It's just, it's a lot of work. But. So to recover, you will uh, go back to your hometown and go to the Kentucky Derby this That's weekend, right. and I right. assume win enough money that you will call me Saturday night and resign your post. Well, hopefully you don't want that, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that would be cool. I'm I'm going to be honest, my wagering track record at the Derby is not great. I don't know that I've ever made. Actually, I think I made money once, one year okay. out of this will be my like twentieth year betting on the Derby. Um, so I wouldn't count on it. But it is a it is a good time for anyone who's never been to the Kentucky Derby before. Definitely a bucket list type sporting event. I'm fortunate enough to be from Louisville. I've gone a few times. I always like taking people back. Where does it rank on like a sporting events you've been to, things you've done? Yeah, I mean, I I haven't been to that many cool yeah. stuff yet. I'm I'm 23. I just got out of college. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah. I haven't been to like the Masters so like, or the where Super does Bowl. It rank but, like, compared so it's probably to, like at the top compared to like Mizzou, Middle Tennessee State <laughs> yeah. football. Mm, I that was that was a thriller. Actually, I mean, there were a lot of points, but no, it it's it, it is a really cool event. I've certainly never never been to anything like it. You know. You get a really crowded Missouri football game of seventy thousand people. The Derby's one hundred fifty to one hundred seventy thousand people. So, and most of them are highly intoxicated. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a whole spectacle. I mean, we'll be in the uh, in the infield, the cheap tickets. So it's like, I mean, people watching is definitely uh, definitely a thing. So follow Mitchell on Twitter for his selfie <laughs> with his Derby outfit on this weekend. Oh, um, hopefully, nothing happens in Mizzou sports on Saturday because that means I will have to cover it. So. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, that's all right. That's 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 the luck. That's how it goes. But anyway, thanks to Carissa Schweitzer. Appreciate her taking some time again next weekend. Um, SEC championships, a couple weeks after that, NCAA championships. And uh, I don't know, we're kind of now in the time of year where, guys, if there's big news, you probably don't want to hear it. Like, good news doesn't really happen all that often between May and August. So uh, 
hopefully we will not have a lot to talk about and we'll just have to make some stuff up on the podcast in the next few weeks but uh we got that, that men's golf preview coming for you next week <laughs> right yeah we'll, we'll uh we'll hire an intern to get on that in the next six days and we'll talk to you next week